This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we try and keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. I am also the mama to a 20-year-old daughter and 17-year-old son walking right beside you on this path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is an interview, and I have no doubt that what you hear will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families all around the globe. I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the show. All right. Yes. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for today's show. My guest is my son, the legendary Ian O'Rourke. Ian's my youngest. He just literally yesterday turned 18. He's a senior in high school. Like I said, he's my youngest of two. He's been on the podcast a couple times. The first time you were on, Ian, was episode 175, where you and Rowan and I actually sat in the closet and talked about screen time. I love that conversation. And then you were back again in the spring of 2022, talking about screen time again, actually came clean on a secret phone on air that I didn't know about. That was entertaining for all. Ian is always real and candid in conversation with me on and off air. Today, we're going to dig into all the things happening as he moves through the fall of his senior year and looks ahead at the future. Hi, Ian. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Casey. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How does it feel to be back on? Feels like I never left, to be honest. Oh, feels like you never left. Well, I want to publicly thank you 
for spending time with me on the podcast. I had to kind of beg for you to do this with me again. So I just want you to know that I appreciate your time and your willingness to be a part of this platform. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Your birthday was yesterday. How does it feel to be 18? It feels like this is the only birthday besides my 16th where it actually like the change of age actually matters. I feel like a lot more responsibility. There's consequences for my actions. You know, I could get tried as an adult. It's scary, but it's like, it's cool. Yeah. You're thinking about that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of responsibility are you feeling? Just the responsibility of like what, like my actions like actually matter now. I feel like before everything could just be wiped off when I'm 18, but now 18. Now you're 18. So keep it together, dude. Yeah. Right? I better, the speed right? limit. Well, <laughs> I'm going to love you no matter how much time you have to spend in prison. Don't worry. Oh. If that happens, I will show up to your trial. I will love you through it all. Oh. But I have a feeling that that's not really what you want. So you're uh-huh. going to make better choices to avoid that. Yay! You are a couple months into your senior year. What do you notice at school? What's it like to be at the top as a senior? One of the older kids. Well, it feels like kind of just wasting my time there, to be honest. Really? Tell me more. Well, I just feel like, you know, I'm already so close to going to college. It's just like I'm applying to colleges. I'm sending my grades in. So like, what am I getting these grades for? You know? It yeah. It doesn't matter as much as it maybe has in the past. But, you know, I feel like I run the school a little bit. Oh, yeah. I feel that sense of seniority and superiority. Yeah, definitely. Well, so how do you stay engaged? You know, as you said, you feel like it doesn't really matter. Like you're already on your way to what's next. So how are you keeping yourself engaged? Just by thinking about how it's practiced for next year when it gets harder. Just like if I take a year off, it's going to be hard to go back, especially with like the hardest school I've ever had in college. Yeah. Yeah. School's been pretty easy for you. Yeah. Well, I'm a smart guy, so, you know. (laughs) How was it last year? So listeners, last year, Ian did a program that we have up here called Running Start. So each quarter, quarter system, he took a class at the community college. So what did you take? You took English 101, I pre-calc. Pre-calc too. And I took cultural anthropology. Yeah. So did you really feel that difference between your experience that you've had thus far in public school and then oh, yeah. taking some... For sure. It was like, like, I mean, it's an entire year's worth of public school and pushed into like three months. So it's way faster paced, like homework every night. And I never have homework because they give us so much time to do it during the class at the high school. So it's just a tough switch. But I mean, I have to practice now. I can tap back into that when I need to, I feel like. You do? Yeah. Do you feel worried at all? Like when you start college next year, you're going to have three of those classes, not just one a quarter. No, I mean, one a quarter is... Not really hard at all. And I mean, it was hard at times, but I mean, in college, I'll I just be gave living. him a side eye. I just <laughs> gave him a side eye, listeners. You didn't see that. <laughs> well, uh, sorry. I'll be living at the school. So, you know, it's a lot easier to, I feel like. I mean, of course, there'll be distractions, but that's my main priority where I'm there is to get an education and I'm paying mm-hmm. for it. So it's, you know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So you're not there yet, though. You're still in high school. You still have the rest of the senior year. You've already gone to homecoming. 
You're getting ready for basketball season to start. What's exciting? What are you looking forward to as you move through kind of those, you know, those milestones of wrapping up high school? Well, I'm really excited to get my banner once I'm in basketball at the varsity players get banners of like huge banners put up of us in the gyms right next to the court and we get to take them home at the end of the year so looking forward to that yeah looking forward to uh just being done being graduated working during the summer yeah looking forward to being it being hot again in washington (laughs) yeah we're only at the beginning of the cold season too yeah yeah And you are college bound. You're a kid. You know that that is the direction that you want to go in, right? So, and you've started the application process. You're working with Janae, which listeners know Janae from episode 421. She came on, blew my mind in conversation. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get Ian to work with you. And when I first came to you and was like, oh my gosh, I interviewed this lady She's awesome. She helps with the college application process. You were like, thanks, but no thanks. I convinced you to sit in on just one consult call with her just to meet her. And by the end, you were open to it. What was it like first when I encouraged you and you gave me the thanks, but no thanks? When I first started talking about a college counselor, what did you thoughts? I didn't really understand the application process as well as I do now. Mm-hmm. My understanding before the Common App, which I was applying to many schools at once, I thought only had one essay, but each school also has about like two essays. And the opportunities that Janae presented, like touching up your activities list and just like editing all your stuff or like helping you edit it and making it so even you're not just trying to apply, you're trying to apply for like merit scholarships. And it's like really leveling up your application. And I didn't realize it was so much work. Yeah. Yeah. She did a really good job on that consult call. She really laid it out. So how has it been? You've had a couple calls with her. You've been working through the process. What do you like about it? It gives me a good structure for what I need to get done. And it's really helpful having someone to just bounce my work off of whatever I do. She can like go over it and critique it and give me feedback. It's really helpful. Yeah. And she's given you some really good, you know, she's shared with me feedback about you and how your you know, taking this experience seriously and following through and she's really enjoying working with you too. So I'm glad. And how is it for you to have it not be, because I love what you said, you know, going into that initial call with her, you thought you knew what the process was. Mm -hmm. Going into that initial call with her, I knew I didn't know what the process was. And so the two of us together could already feel my own stress level, how does it feel to not have me be the one that's encouraging you and moving you along through the process? A hundred thousand times better because (laughs) I hate we're constantly reminding me of stuff. Because it was, like you said, you didn't really know. So it didn't feel good having someone who also didn't know trying to get on my back about it because I felt like it was just frustrating. But with Janae, I feel like, yeah, she definitely knows what she's doing. I'm just going to sit back and listen. Yeah. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt 
in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes. Perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Well, and it's interesting. I have a lot of clients, Ian, whose kids are really resistant to extra help or tutoring or, you know, any kind of coaching from other people, even as things feel so hard. So if you were going to talk to a group of kids who are college bound, who are interested in applying for colleges, what would you tell them about just the experience of working with someone who's not your parent? Well, I would just be like, why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. You know, there's just so many reasons to do it, especially if it's not your parent. Because I mean, I couldn't imagine a single kid out there that wants their parent to be their like teacher or their tutor. (laughs) It's just not a good combination. Yeah, it's tricky. There's a lot of dynamic there. All right. Thanks for that. So at the start of, well, I guess this summer I was talking to you about wanting to really give you space. You know, I'm very aware that a year from now you are on your own out there in the world, untethered to me. I won't know what you're doing. And that's a little nerve wracking. And also I heard somebody say somewhere like, I'm parenting a year ahead. So thinking about 
who you're going to be and what life is going to be like from you a year from now, I really want to make sure that you have some high reps, right? Some opportunity this last year that you're full-time at home to experience that sense of freedom so that you can be in the practice of decision-making and considering what you need and what's going on and, you know, best practices so that a year from now, when you are on your own, it's not like this wild free-for-all and you don't have the skills to navigate, you know, like you mentioned, distraction and, and other things that come along with being on your own in college. How do you feel like that's going? I feel like it's going good. You know, you'd much rather make a mistake and learn from it when you're at home and have that cushion rather than being all alone at college. Not saying that I've been making a bunch of mistakes, but, you know, just goes for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, I understand you say a lot that you want to spend as much time with me as you can before I leave for college, and I understand that. But it's also, I think you've given me a good mix of wanting me to stay home, but letting me go out because, you know, it's like my last time seeing these friends and you respect that. And I think that's a good mix to have those two. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been times where I'm like, I mean, I'm still your mom, right? And I feel like my goal, my hope is that, you know, you have an opportunity to maybe go to a volleyball game or go do something and you think to yourself like, okay, what do I got going on tomorrow? Because you guys, Ian has early days where he has to show up to school by 8.30, later days where he shows up to school, what, 10.05 or something? 10, 10.30. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that conversation momentarily. Um, (laughs) But I want you to, you know, just like when you're in college and it's like, well, I've got a test tomorrow, but there's this party going on. How can I, you know, stay responsible be in the pull of wanting to do the social thing, but also making choices that are going to further you along in your goals. Do you think that I've done a pretty okay job of letting go? I do sometimes. I guess it'll just probably depend on the day you ask me because <laughs> I think I definitely at the beginning of the year, you were a lot more strict than you are now. Mm-hmm. Just like a couple months ago. But yeah, we had some tough conversations about that whole letting go part yeah. and also about me. Spending time at home. Yeah. I think we both. Did we? I don't know what you're talking about. What were those conversations? I can't remember. Well, I mean, you say to me all the time, like, oh, you're leaving next year. I just want to spend as much time with you as I can. And I'm like, oh, but I want to do this. And you're like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, (laughs) and you're like, oh. (laughs) So we figure it out. But it just takes time to talk about it so everyone can be on the same page. Yeah. That's why I love family meetings because I feel like we can really get things on the schedule when we are actively using family meetings. And then I don't have to be on your case about what's going on, what's happening. And listeners, what you don't see is Ian is shaking his head no. Let's talk about family meetings. Why are you shaking your head no like that? I don't like them. Why? Because, I mean, I like this, like the scheduling part. It's just like, I don't know. I guess it's just over the years since we've been doing family meetings, since I was like four years old, I just, it's PTSD at this point. Listen, people have real PTSD. I feel like you are appropriating that phrase. Okay. (laughs) Well, all right. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you not being super thrilled by family meetings and we still get to do them. 
Because it's really nice to be at the table and do some problem solving and the planning. And also my favorite thing is making sure that we put something on the calendar where we know we're going to spend time together. But yeah. Okay. Well, that being said and talking about letting go and all of those things. So there's one particular challenge. And I love this challenge because it's something that comes up with a lot of parents that I work with. And that, well, there's a couple challenges. Not all of them are we going to talk about here on the podcast because you get to have your own privacy. But I feel like, and what I talk about with parents is there's the mistakes that our kids make and then there's our response to the mistakes, right? And so one of the things that has come up on the regular this year that hasn't been such a big deal beforehand that I've noticed, but it's definitely a new regular challenge, which is I get a text at the end of the day that says you've missed a class. Yeah. Like once a week. Yep. Talk about that. Well. What is your see, problem? I'm not actually missing <laughs> an entire class. I show up about like two to 10 minutes late and I don't grab a tardy slip because there's a line for the tardy slip that would make me five minutes later than I actually would be. So I just walk past. And I probably usually get to class before the teacher even starts teaching, and they don't care at all. And then I get an angry text later that makes me feel That's not true. I don't send you angry texts. Usually I just screenshot it and pass it on. Yeah. Well, there's nothing I can do about it until now that I'm 18, and I can just excuse them myself. So you want to just get to class. You don't want to deal with standing in line for the tardy slip. Yeah. And you're saying your teachers haven't started teaching, but they have taken attendance. Yeah. Okay. So have you had any conversations with your teachers just about like what it's like for them for when kids walk in late? Yeah. Do you know if it's annoying? Well, no. I mean, Mark, the Japanese teacher, I'm the TA for his class. He actually doesn't really care. I mean, well, since yeah. I'm the Mark TA, doesn't count. <laughs> since I'm the TA, I don't necessarily have to be there every day. Yes, you do. Nobody says you don't have to be there. That's not real. He told me that. <laughs> Great. I have to have words with Mark. Go on. Well, actually, no. He never told me that. But some days okay. I can leave and go uh, shoot, bas- play basketball in the gym or something. But, you know, there's not much to do. But what about, you know, that your first period of the day is on one day it's calculus. And on the other day, it's college writing. And those are typically, I mean, is it, from my understanding, your late days, it's that first thing in the morning, right? Yes. Yeah. And listeners, my approach this year has been, I'm not going to call the school and say, I'm aware that Ian was late. I've really left it up to Ian to navigate it. And my approach has also been like, you get to decide. And You know, my biggest thing, Ian, is always like, okay, you know what? If it's not a big deal, then it's not a big deal. But make sure you know whether or not it's a big deal. Make sure you know that there isn't some kind of, which you've done the work on this, but I'm just speaking it out loud. You know, make sure that there isn't a consequence that's going to show up later on. Like, oh, well, you missed, you know, because you're marked down absent, not late. So there's all these unexcused absences. And so what does that mean? You know, is it going to get in the way of graduating, which we have found out from a reputable source? No. Is it going to be on your college transcripts? Is that going to be something that's going to show up? I don't know. Is it? 
That might be something to find out. Because that could just be information that will motivate you, if it matters to you, to get out the door a little sooner, right? Because I'm not motivating you to do that, clearly, right? So, you know, my approach would be supporting you and just getting more information so that you are making an informed choice. How does that feel, that approach? Well, it feels... Before, it felt kind of like annoying because a lot of the times, if I'm more than 10 minutes late to a class, I am considered absent, which I told you a lot of times, and you would be like, well, tell them to just mark you tardy. Well, I, you can't do that. It's I'm absent from the class. So when you wouldn't excuse that. I know. It's, it's just a bad system. It's a bad system. Well, it's so that if kids go to the bathroom and they're gone for, it used to be 20 minutes. So if they're gone for 20 minutes... <sighs> Then they're considered absent, but now it's 10 minutes, so people take less in the bathroom. And this isn't on you. This is a system problem, right? It's false information. You didn't miss the whole class. You were late. Anyway, I've sent an email to the counselor. We're going to talk about it. How do you feel about me just kind of handing over the responsibility to you? I mean, I feel like that's better than just getting like super mad every time I do it. That's a definitely threatening you to take your phone. Yeah, like the laid back approach is cool. Because I mean oh. at the end of the day it doesn't really matter. Right. What I do or in general. Well, I mean, if I really wanted to be late, like, yeah, there's probably nothing. Like you're not gonna stop. You gotta learn the hard way, I feel like. Yeah, sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.
And this leads me to my next question, which is, you know, oftentimes the people that I work with, especially parents of older teens, they, there's this, when they get to be in high school and later like junior, senior in high school, there's this kind of this urgency around wanting to know that we've done enough, that we've done enough, that we've prepared you enough, right? And I try to encourage parents to really, again, let go and let their kids feel the tension, right? Feel the tension of life. While obviously, you know, while watching for the big train wrecks, you know, and intervening when there are big red flags, of course, listeners, of course, pay attention. This isn't permissive, just like, good luck with that. Peace out. But there is something to be said for giving your kids space to make mistakes, to make bad decisions, to learn from them. Mm -hmm. What do you think seniors and juniors in high school, older teens that are still at home, what do you think they need most from their parents? Well, I think they need space to practice what they're, how they're going to act when they're out of the house. I think that senior and junior year is a great time because you're pretty much of age of being in college, you know, on your own, doing whatever you want. And like I said earlier, it's better to make mistakes when you're at home and you have like that cushion of being like around your parents in mm-hmm. your own house in high school that like the classes aren't like that hard. And it's just like, I mean, it's just such a good practice when you're at home. Cause if you going to stop your kids as much as you want from doing bad things or what you consider bad, but if they want to, they're just going to do it even more when they get older because you didn't let them do it at home at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, and Unless I talk a like some crazy stuff. Yeah. Don't let them do whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, watch out for the train wrecks. Well, and something that I talk about with parents too is when mistakes happen, and you've made plenty, right? Kids make mistakes. Made a couple. Well, yeah, plenty. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and when they make mistakes, not to make, like, I really try to work with parents and you listeners, you've heard me talk about this and I want to speak it to Ian and see what he has to say. And I really, I'm an imperfect parent. I make mistakes. I don't always do what I say to parents to do because I'm human too, but I do my best. But one of the things is when things come up, I really try to make sure that the focus is on how the mistake might affect you, right? And what you want and what's important to you instead of making it about you and me, right? And what I mean there is sometimes when kids get in trouble, whatever that looks like, parents get so pissed, right? And then it's like these really punitive consequences Like, I'm going to get you to never do this again. I'm going to punish you so that you will never do this again. And in that process, what can happen is this dynamic where the kid isn't thinking like, was that the best thing for me to do? Could that have gone bad? Might it go bad next time? Instead, they're like, oh, really? You think you can control me? Watch this. F off. I'm going to do what I want. Right? And so with you, I've tried really hard to resist that temptation. And there's definitely been times where I've leaned in and been like, what the fuck are you thinking? I know that, mm-hmm. owning that, but also really trying to ask questions around, well, how do you feel about this now? And my goal would be to guide you through 
the process up until that point of making a choice that maybe you were regretting the next day and finding like seeing those places of where you could have pivoted or done something different. Is that how you've experienced me? Am I being accurate? I think so. Yeah, definitely. You've been great at allowing me to like practice, make mistakes, learn from them. Very open about that, mm-hmm. which is, I think is very good. Yeah. I remember there was one time when you, it was a few years ago, it may have been after COVID and you and a bunch of kids went to uh, Whatcom Falls and the kids were jumping off the waterfall mm-hmm. and I picked you up or we met for something. We met up and you were like, mom, you were in my head because there were like different layers of height that the kids could jump from. And what you told me was, I remember you saying that the more teenagers there are, the dumber we get. <laughs> And I decided not to jump off the highest spot at the waterfall. Do you remember that? I do. I remember going to Whatcom Falls. I don't know if I've ever been to the waterfalls without jumping off the biggest one. Oh, well then. It must have been a different waterfall because I do remember a bunch of my friends jumping off one of the smaller ones, but the water looked like it had like... Not deep enough? Not deep enough. So I didn't do it. Good job. So it might have been that time. It might be... I feel like... Okay. That time. Okay. You didn't get swept up in the collective teen brain. Yeah, I didn't because it's a real thing. Yeah, it is a real thing. Have you experienced that in other places, that collective teen brain, where you've been in that kind of wobble of like, oh, that looks like fun, but you have another voice in your head being like, ah, probably not the best time for that right now. Have you had that experience? I can't recall a time recently that I have actually. My friends usually make pretty good choices. We're not too crazy. Maybe observing other kids like at school and stuff, just like, you know, the bigger the group gets, like the more they're going to like do, you know, (laughs) the bigger their confidence is each individual. Yeah. Yeah. That collective experience is real. Yeah. Oh man. Well, we parents, we love our big kids so much. I love you and Rowan so much. And I've really loved parenting you through your teen years, even as we've moved through some really hard things with our in our family. And it's, you know, I'm really working and I encourage parents to really work to take the teen and the teen experience into consideration. I also want, and parents that I work with are like, yeah, but when are our teenagers going to take our experience into consideration? Because it is so hard to be a teenager. Even, you know, I had the experience of your sister, parenting your sister as an 18-year-old, which was very different. This is the first time I've had a son who's 18, right? It's a new experience for parents. What do you see that might be hard for parents as they live with their teens that are moving through their senior year and getting ready to leave? I mean, I can see like, you know, your kid who you've had been with the rest of your whole life, you like it's your child and like they're leaving the next summer. So you want to get in as much time as you can with them before they leave. But they like, you know, they wanted to like, all, all my friends are going to college. So they're trying to hang out with them. And maybe it feels like they don't have like enough time for you or they're not spending as much time with you as you want. But I mean... You got to remind them of your perspective that you want to see them before they leave. But you also got to respect, like, they got to do what they got to do. Like, 
the more mm-hmm. you try and pull them in when they don't want to, the less they're going to want to be there. Mm. Nice, Ian. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, you can put that on a t-shirt. I know, right? I'll make that into a post for Instagram. I How about trademarked that? it. <laughs> 10 bucks every time you use it. <laughs> oh, my baby boy. It's so weird that you, I mean, listeners, if you could see him, maybe he'll let me take a little screenshot. He has like serious facial hair. It's insane. You're so, it's so wild. I mean, I know it wasn't just yesterday, but it feels like yesterday that you were a little boy and now you're this huge baby man and it's pretty wild. Thank you so much for being in conversation with me, Ian. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Lovely. Are there any final words that you'd like to leave listeners with, considering that they're working on parenting their teenagers? Anything you want to say representing all teens across the land? Learn to let go and forgive, and you'll pass that trade on to your children. Oh, I love that. Learn to let go and forgive. What does joyful courage mean to you? It means you're happy and outgoing. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. I love you. Love you too. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and making it sound good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in later this week for our Thursday show and I'll be back with another interview next Monday. Peace. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.